Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, now is the time. Text in your questions to 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hi, John. Hello. How are you? Eh. Yeah. How come? Bob's in a bad mood because your neighbor didn't make uh, any uh, manager of Scott the year. Scott Service? No. He, he got screwed, John. He did. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he should have got it. 90 abs- wins? Yeah, I know, I know. But I they, mean, what was the forecast? 74 to 76 win, he wins 90 games. Yep, that's exactly Bob's point. And then, you know, what about uh, Cash and same thing with Dusty Baker? I mean, what were the expectations there? They mm-hmm. were expected to get to the postseason. They were supposed to do. They did what they were supposed to do, whereas yeah. service went above and beyond. He exceeded what was expected of them by a very, very large margin. Yeah, that's so, fair, not fair. So, yeah, just once again, baseball writers not doing their job. So we'll move on to football, John. Uh wow! Last night's oh. game. How did, this this just continues the trend? We we I feel like we ask you about it every week. Wow! Did you see who saw the Cardinals losing, or who saw the Bucks losing, or the Bills losing? All these all these teams that appear to be a dominant team, or maybe a team you could look at and go, okay, they're the team to beat. Rams have now lost two in a row, and they didn't just lose; they got their butts kicked. I know. And I mean, and you you wonder. There's a little bit on the coaching staff here. You know, because uh, they did some very strange things. Now, obviously, they tried to force the ball a little bit too much to Odell Beckham. That that first interception was just bad because, <clears throat> you know, Beckham is, you know, he just got with the team and all of a sudden now he's the number two receiver because of the, the injury to Robert Woods. And, uh, you know, that didn't work out. But how about the idea you have the best cornerback in football in Jalen Ramsey and you don't match him up against Debo Samuel? I mean, pretty much they took. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey and just had him in the slot. Or what are you doing? I mean, because Jalen is one that you match him up against the best receiver on your team. And obviously, Debo Samuel's the best receiver that the 49ers have. And he had a monster game <clears throat> because, you know, he's going against lesser cornerbacks. I don't get that. And he tried to explain it, I know, today and after the game. And uh, McVay uh, said, oh, yeah, well, we, we thought that was a good idea. Well, guess what? It didn't work. You got blown out. Yeah, it's funny how uh, I was just telling Bob that, like, two games after I proclaimed them the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. they've stunk it up. Yeah, that's <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> you know, and, and Stafford really, I mean, that, re, that first uh, interception was really bad. Yeah. I mean, he just chucked that thing up there. But, um, you know, what you're seeing out of San Francisco – you know, I, it's so interesting to watch how their run game works. And we were talking to um, to Schlereth, and it, it made perfect sense that they use all of this motion and this shifting mm-hmm. to create angles for their offensive linemen to block. So now all of a sudden, you you know, a guy shifts, and then he shifts back, and then he's not in the right position, and then they have the angle on the blocks. And they just they plugged in Elijah Mitchell, I mean, and Debo Samuel playing back there. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson, these are not – these are not, uh, you know, household names. And, and it was kind of like that a couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. They lost. But remember, they had, uh, they had like three different players that had yeah. over like five, six, seven hundred yards. So, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, pretty, pretty amazing what, what he has on his staff. Well, and again, we saw the same thing with your, your best friend, uh, Mike Shanahan, because mm-hmm. Mike Shanahan was able to do the same thing. You know, take uh, guys that you never heard. I mean, like Terrell Davis. 
yep. Terrell Davis was a sixth round pick as a fullback, and uh, you know then he comes back, and even though it, it happened a little bit later in his career, but he gained 6,400 yards in four in four years, and was fantastic, and now is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But Mike Mike was the, really the first one to do that. I mean Robert Turner, I think the running back coach. I think still still coaching, and he was coaching back there there with Mike. But that's one of the beauties of the yeah. Shanahan offense. Yeah, and I was trying to think like real quick. There was like five or six like Orlandis Gary mm-hmm. was the guy in, in in Denver, and then there was Texas somebody if you named remember. Brown. Was there was there a, like a Mike Brown or just a kind of a nondescript? Yeah, name? yeah. It just felt like it was they could plug in whoever they wanted yeah. off the street, and they were they were great. Yeah, that was exactly. I mean, you, you think about the idea that they're down three running backs, their top three running backs. Now, of course, they were able to get Jeff Wilson back because they, uh, so he's now off injured reserve, so they get him back. But no, it's amazing to think that uh, Kyle is able to do that. But of course, I mean, you still and, and it's funny because I mean, you talk about the way things are in the National Football League. I mean, you had a lot of people. And in the last three four weeks, wanted to have Kyle Shanahan fired. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're because calling for his head down they're there. calling for his head because you know, first off, I mean, he has the, the the worst record in the NFL at home. I mean, that was really their first home win in more than a year, and you know, uh, since they moved into the stadium, you know, they have the worst home record uh, in the National Football League. I don't know what twenty three and thirty four, not counting last night. And, you know, Shanahan has all these home losses and all that stuff. And so, you know, they, they were really questioning him and, you know, his, uh, his ability to coach, which, of course, now it looks good. But it just shows you week in and week out, the way this season has gone, you can't predict anything. Okay, so what were the years that uh, he was Shanahan? He started, I know he came there in 95. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at some of the running backs after Terrell Davis and Olandis Gary. Yeah. Then Mike Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then also Howard Griffith was the fullback. Um, and then Clinton Portis, was he still there for that, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Clinton Portis, Ruben Drones. Anybody mm-hmm. remember? There's a household name for you. But I mean, what Gary in, uh, was a former first or second round pick, so you know he was kind of prime time. And then Clinton Portis uh, was a former first round pick. You got him from yeah. Washington. Anyway, interesting just because, you know, I remember Kyle Shanahan, he was a ball boy yeah. for us when he was running around when I played there. and. Pretty much, you're right. I mean, it's a it's a good parallel, obviously, just because it's it's, it's his dad. But same thing, you know. You just have a system. Mm-hmm. You just plug plug in whoever. Uh, John, we got a question here that relates to last night's game from the five oh nine for John Clayton. Watching Garoppolo throw every every throw short over the middle of the field. Uh, just refreshed on me. Last night was success. Why do the Seahawks seem to never throw short over the middle? Uh, I mean they'll. Do, they, I mean, because I think they, they're more of a perimeter type of team. Now, they'll do it with Tyler Lockett with some crossing patterns and things like that. But, uh, you know, they, they seem to like to tie it in. I mean, because the one thing is, is that you've got DK Metcalf, and you're not going to, you know, put him necessarily in the middle of the field. You want him out, you know, right side, left side, trying to beat uh, the best cornerback that he's going against from the other, from the other team. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll throw over the middle. It's just that uh, they don't do it a lot. I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, particularly this year, more so than anything else, they uh, you know they they just don't get any they don't have enough plays in the game to be able to uh, you know get that stuff going. Well, here's the other thing I was saying. Was it Michael Sean Dugar that was yesterday saying, you know, he was talking yeah, about the heat the per- chart, yeah, the yeah. perimeter and and that they throw yeah. to the perimeter. I think mm-hmm. that's where the texture picked up picked up on that. But 
Uh, look, the uh, the reason why Garoppolo throws in the middle is because that's the only place he can throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not a great passer outside the numbers, not good. And Russ is a good, and he can hit those on yeah. the outside. But you know, this kind of speaks to what we were talking about as far as the tight ends going. You know, we'd like to see get get them the ball a little bit more and make easier throws because those throws are easier. Although I'll say this, Garoppolo looked pretty sharp. Last night, I don't know, you know, exactly what his his quarterback rating was or anything like that, but you know, he he looked he looked pretty good. I mean, he whipped a couple of passes in there that you know were kind of ungaroppolo like. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> very unJimmy like. Yeah, fifteen for nineteen, uh, ninety five point nine quarterback rating. Yeah. in that game. Yeah, not bad. No, but how about the fact that it was only nineteen uh, passes? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Ran the heck out of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, John, if you were gonna at this just for this week, and we we know it's subject to change every single week. Who do, are the Packers the best team in the league at this particular moment, or who would you who would you give that honor to? I mean, you either go with Tennessee or Green Bay, but of course, I mean, uh, you're talking about a Packer team that got blown away thirty six nothing in the first four uh, before they got a couple of touchdown passes in the fourth quarter of the Denver game. I mean, it changes every week. I mean, you know, whatever's good one week is you know not good the next, and then of course. You can see the uh, you know the injuries play a big role. It affects pulls things teams down. I mean, like for example, now Aaron Jones, he's got an MCL or some kind of a knee injury, so he's going to be out two, three, four weeks. And then Whitney Marsalis, as we both uh, predicted, uh, Dave, uh, looks like he, I mean, he got the pec injury, and so he's done for the year. So it's like uh, you know, and they they still have injuries on the offensive line. So it's like <clears throat> you know, can they sustain it? I mean, right now they're the top seed, just like Tennessee's the top seed in their conference. But can they hold that? Mm. Hey, uh, John, we were talking to a little bit to uh, to Mark Schlereth about this, but um, just from your perspective and what you've heard, how's the whole thing with uh, Teddy Bridgewater going going over? Because you know he kind of made a business decision on that one play we talked about yesterday. Yeah. What's the sort of blowback there in Denver? Well, I mean, I, I think he's taking unfair criticism, to be honest. It's like, uh, you know, he's the quarterback, right? And you need him to be able to be throwing the football, not necessarily tackling. Hey, it would have been nice if he was able to put a little more effort in there. But it's like, uh, you know, I know one quarterback who got hurt doing the same thing, trying to, you know, make a tackle, and that's, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. Because <clears throat> I think I think it was a knee injury that he suffered, but he got hurt trying to tackle somebody on a fumble or pick six or something of that nature. So it's like, uh, you know, is it better for the quarterback to kind of stay out of it? Or, I mean, you know, he's the, he's the thrower, not the football player. He's the one that's supposed to be, you know, managing the offense. And, of course, I mean, obviously he didn't manage it very well in the game against uh, Washington. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not as critical on that one as everybody else seems to be. Boy, I, I just think it's weird because, look, you, you're a quarterback. I get it. But you've been a football player your whole life. Uh-huh. I, I don't understand how your instincts could possibly go away so badly to the point that, you know, there's possibly a game-winning touchdown going the other way, and you just duck out of it. And do, say, do coaches frown on their quarterbacks? Do they tell you get out of the way or no? Don't do that. Well, not Vic Fangio. I mean, Fangio uh, thought he should have put a little bit more effort in there, but again, well, a little more would mean some, like some, because he yeah, put he didn't yeah. zero any. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like not. I mean, tackling somebody isn't the most dangerous thing in the world. Right. I mean, it's not like you know. <laughs> I mean, especially the way some people tackle. 
uh, you know, you can just jump on his back and ride him down. Um, so or have him carry you into the end zone. Doesn't it could uh, be one of those. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I look, it, it could have been that. So hmm, I don't know. That was, uh, and I know this, and I don't, John, if you get a sense for it, but the Bronco fans, they can turn on you. Oh yeah, I, I feel like they're they're as bad as any of the East Coast teams. Mm-hmm. You remember well, going into Denver ever and. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a rough crowd there. Yeah, and of course <clears throat> they're mad because they're two and three at home. They don't they don't think that uh, they have home field advantage. They want all the coaches fired. I mean, uh, you know, when Vic Fangio came out uh, the, after the game and ended up saying that he's not firing the special teams coach, they got upset about that. You know, they wanted uh, Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, fired. But of course, I mean, he wasn't even at the game. He had COVID nineteen. So it's like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're really critical. And when things aren't going right, I mean, they're, they're going right after everybody. But right now this team is 5-5. Five and five. They've lost five out of seven games. And they've had a lot of bad games of late. Mm. John, you saw that uh, Le'Veon Bell was released. Yeah. Does he have a job anywhere? I mean, is that the worst business decision you've seen in the league for going $14.5 million on principal and then – his career going the way that it did yeah. immediately following that? Yeah, I think it was absolutely the worst because here he was with a good organization, had over $14 million at, uh, on the franchise tag that he could have signed, and he didn't do it. I mean, he goes down and he parties down to Miami, goes on boat trips and things of that nature. And so then what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, he comes back and, you know, the team didn't do anything with him. They let him go. And so then he goes to a, a, a Jets team that was terrible, and he, he puts up the worst Jets running back numbers in franchise history, 3.3 yards a carry. And so then, you know, uh, I think he made a bad uh, decision when he went to Kansas City because instead of going to a team where he can get carries and all that, I think he took the easy way out and says, I'd rather be a third running back with Kansas City, you know, collect a couple paychecks, get to the Super Bowl and not worry about it. And so now, I mean, I I love the fact that he says when Baltimore let him go, it hurts. It hurts. Well, guess what? It's like, uh, you know, the only reason that uh, you were there is that uh, Latavius Murray was a little bit banged up and missed some games. You know, they got Devontae Freeman, and you were the third of the three running backs. And so all of a sudden, here's Murray back, and so you're gone. It hurts. (laughs) (laughs) We used to, a coach used to say, the difference between I'm hurt and it hurts. It hurts. You play through it. Yeah, I'm hurt is different. You're uh, you're you're injured. You think the Colts can make a run at it? It's been kind of a fascinating team to me. First of all, because of Jonathan Taylor, and I just saw an article about you know him possibly being the uh, the rushing champion this year with Derrick Henry out of the picture. But also, they have a really high turnover ratio, mm-hmm. and you know this is a team that the Seahawks beat pretty soundly, and they're five and five. But uh, Taylor, just a man, he is a fantastic running back. Yeah, I mean, what what ended up happening, and I think they can make a run. You know, they there's not they're not going to catch Tennessee, but I still think they can make a, a run for a wild card spot. But the interesting thing is, you know, they they had the toughest opening schedule in football because they took on five teams that uh, made the playoffs last year or won ten or more games. Yeah, uh, it went Seahawks, Rams, Titans, yeah, yeah. Dolphins, Ravens. Yeah, and of course right. Miami didn't make the playoffs, but, but they won 10 games. 10 and 6, yeah. Okay, and so then here's Tennessee. They just came through a five-game stretch where they uh, beat you know playoff teams from last year, and so uh, you know they, they took advantage of that. But I think you can see they're playing better. They're getting they're, – they're, 
pretty good on defense. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. And say what you want, uh, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, Carson Wentz wasn't ready because you know he didn't have he had one practice uh, in you know really the the entire off season or at least in the uh, the training camp one practice and then here he is you know the week of the Seahawk game getting on the practice field for the first time so he simply wasn't ready and now you can see he's ready and uh you know it's it not won't be easy but their schedule's a lot easier and so I think they have a chance hey John what do you have you paid any attention to the back and forth between uh, Robert Sala and Rex Ryan uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> what do you, I, I'm entertained by it from the outside, but what, what what's your take on this? Well, I mean, you know, it's like it's good that Rex you know, wants to say things and stuff like that. You know, Sal, of course, brings up the idea. It's like, yeah, well, you know, it's, that's that's the way he is and all that different stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it, 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 why rub a guy down when things are going down like that? I mean, he's a first-year coach. I on, wouldn't do that. On a bad football team. I mean, they, they, they don't have much talent on defense. And so what, uh, you know, it's like, it's not like uh, when Rex was there uh, at, with the Jets and, you know, they, they were loaded with skilled position players. They were good on defense because they had good players. I mean, he doesn't have good players. And so he's trying to make the best of a bad situation. I, I just like his comment about, obviously, if it's that personal for him, he knows where to find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. You know, I have to say, yeah, I think it is a punk move by uh, by him. but Rex Ryan? By yeah. Rex Ryan. But um, I kind of liked it, too. Yeah. I mean, he's just... He's On the just, outside, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. He's throwing it out there. But the the, uh, the funniest thing, I thought, was uh, Saul, was it Saul's brother. Yeah. And he yeah, said something about his, it. He mentioned his foot fetish or yeah, something like yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Weren't they like a park and ride or something where uh-huh. he shot that video, something about his feet or her yeah, his yeah, wife's or feet? Or, yeah. yeah. Like, just did not need to see that. <laughs> no, and, 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 and he even called it a, a foot fetish of some kind. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind that. I just thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was pretty funny. So, uh, Any... Uh, any um, the the covid thing how how is that going as far as cases and things oh. like that have you been tracking that this year yeah and and how is it compared to last year as as far as guys missing games and stuff like that well i mean last year there was like 262 positive tests and right now uh and and, and they're coming in fast i mean uh, like for example when joey boza you know he ends up uh having a positive test and all that i think it's going to top uh last year but i know that you know, we're up to about 240, you know, COVID-19 players that have at least, you know, on the COVID list. And you see a lot of them go 10 days. And so it's like when you go 10 days, that means you're, you're a positive test or you're unvaccinated or anything of that nature. But if you go for the full 10 days and I mean, you got the full positive test. So, yeah, I think it's going to end up being worse because the numbers keep increasing each day. I mean, like you look at the waiver wire. I mean, each day there's like about uh, six to eight added and uh you know the, the list is massive hey john what what's the what's the feeling about taylor heineke out there he, he's got some he's got some fire to him i yeah. don't know is yeah. he is he a star is he just going to be a perennial backup who's just having his moment in the in the limelight at this particular time or what what's the future look like he's been a journeyman to this yeah. point he, i think before this year he had uh eight games played in mm-hmm. three seasons so not a guy anybody looks to for any real production but Pulling out a huge win this past weekend, and he seems to his teammates seem to love him. 
Yeah, I mean, he seems to have good leadership and stuff like that, but I just think he's more of a backup than anything else. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you can say that was a great win that they had, but also it's like, uh, you know, since he's been a quarterback, what's what was the record, three and six? I mean, it's like it's it's not winning. And, of course, uh, a lot of it has to do with the defense, you know, because the defense has now given up like 376 yards a game and is like 27th in the league, and now they've lost – half of their first-round uh, defensive linemen, you know, because Chase Young ended up getting an ACL injury. By the way, Dave, 44 ACL injuries this year, uh. 44, and last year for the whole season there was 42. And then, of course, you know, Montez Sweat, he, he has a cracked jaw, so he's on injured reserve. Uh, they don't have a lot of great stuff at linebacker, so it's like, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a team in trouble. Cracked jaw. Yeah. Wow, I I just never would have thought that you know with with the helmet and everything. Yeah, yeah, must have been a hard hit. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at seven ten sports dot com. Coming up at five forty or four forty five. Excuse me, Scott Service, Mariner, manager of your Seattle Mariners, will join us on the program. But before that, seems to be a pile on the Seahawks day for the national media. We'll hear the worst of it coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.